man, we were a very confident bunch uh, at that time. And to be quite honest with you, there was no way we thought we were going to lose that game. You know, we we were clearly felt like we were the best team. We were playing at our ultimate best. Um, we just felt like it was only a matter of time, you know, before we imposed our will, before, you know, we started to take control of the football game. Um, and, you know, we kind of fed off each other. You know, as the offense played well, you would see the defense turn it up and start to get sacks or turnovers. And then the special teams with Sprozy would come into play with a big return. So we all felt fed off each other. And it was like kind of that snowball effect. Once we got going, there was nothing you could do to stop us. It's week 14 of the 2006 season. The Chargers have just beaten the Buffalo Bills and approved their record at 10 and 2. Tied with the Colts and the Bears for the best in football. But despite sitting atop the NFL standings, the division wasn't quite clinched. The Chargers would have to beat the Denver Broncos at Qualcomm to lock up the AFC West. Ladanian Tomlinson, on the other hand, is fresh off passing his idol and mentor Emmett Smith's career high in touchdowns. He entered the week with 26 total scores, just three shy from passing the all-time record. What would happen next is a game forever etched in Chargers history. For Chris Harey, I'm Haley Elwood. This is Running for History, Episode 6, a championship moment presented by Lazy Dog. San Diego Chargers select Ladanian Tomlinson. Ladanian Tomlinson, one step closer to football immortality. And the handoff to Tomlinson, and he will gallop into the end zone. Charger fans are witnesses to history. Hey Chargers fans, this holiday season we're partnering with Lazy Dog to help build homes in our communities by supporting Habitat for Humanity. Right now, we're auctioning off awesome Chargers merch and experiences, plus a one-of-a-kind autographed playhouse. Start your bid at bit.ly backslash Chargers Playhouse. You can also help by heading over to your local Lazy Dog to purchase a gingerbread house. 100% of the net proceeds go to supporting Habitat for Humanity. By the start of week 14, the talk of the football world focused on two letters, LT. Ladanian Tomlinson's 23 rushing touchdowns not only led the league at the time, but they would have stayed the most scores that year, even if LT's season had ended at that point. But for Tomlinson, he appreciated the stardom just as much as he did the scoring. Just ask LA Times writer Sam Farmer. You know, I remember being at the Jay Leno show um, uh, when LT, it was probably December of 2006. So he was uh, approaching the record and uh, he had gone from star NFL player, almost to a pop culture type icon. Um, he had transitioned over and he was that big. And Jay Leno's show had him fly up on a jet helicopter. And they had two jet engines on the thing and two pilots and the Chargers made sure that they had a backup every possible way. So it was LT and his wife came up and uh, uh, flew up over Newport. And I just remember thinking, wow, this is a pretty heady experience for a guy from TCU um, to, to soar up the coast of California on an off day and spend it at the Tonight Show and then head back down. But Hollywood aside, it was all football for LT. There was a big game on the line that week as Tomlinson and the Bolts prepared to face the Broncos at home. After coming back from a three-score deficit a few weeks prior, Tomlinson entered week 14 with a keen focus, knowing two things were on the line. 
his touchdown record, and locking up an AFC West title. You're aware, I was aware of, of the magnitude of the moment. It had been talked about all week locally, you know, the news, the papers. But I, I think as a player, um, I, I just tried, I tried to block it out and focus on my job and, and what was expected of me, the team we were playing. So I tried to make that week as normal as possible. All the things that I normally did, I did. Everything that I normally ate, I ate. And, um, you know, because players were creatures of habit. You know, if we, if we get out of that structure, that habit, you know, it can, it can mess us up. And so I was very so much like, stick to the script, you know? Like, don't listen to, you know, people saying, oh, he's gonna break it this week. You know, this is gonna be the week. He only needs X amount. All of that stuff, I blocked it out. I didn't watch the news. I didn't hear anything. But I heard the whispers, you know, obviously in the locker room, guys talking about it. Um, but I tried to stay laser focused. Division games always mean a little something extra. And with a division title and record like LT's on the line, you could feel the difference at Qualcomm. As president of football operations, John Spanos remembers it, team success was always the priority, while former kicker Nate Kading recalled the pregame vibe as they headed into the queue. Well, you know, for division games, it's so important to get the win. You know, and, and back then we were focused on, even though we were having a great year, like nothing was clinched, really in terms of playoff spots and all that. And it's like, okay, like, let's get this division clinched. Let's get playoff spot clinched. Let's get a bye clinched. This is the kicker. You're all you're always sort of a little bit in your own little world, but you, you get a sense of the moment. And, and I just remember Qualcomm had that special feel to it that day. You know, you're coming down into the into the uh, the valley there, as we always would, driving into the stadium, coming in the entrance there on the on the north side, and you know you can still smell and see all the tailgates, and it just had this this special aura to it that something neat was going to happen that day. And um, as a player, when you're getting in the locker room in those sort of situations, you kind of know it, but you also kind of have to step across the threshold a little bit and, and have this ability to put the, all that stuff aside and not really think about it. Chargers beat reporter Fernando Ramirez attended the game as a fan and remembered just how different the energy was that day. I remember there was a lot of excitement and everybody's like, he's going to break it, he's going to break it. And everybody's walking in, they're all excited and they're all juiced. A lot of 21 jerseys, a lot of signs saying, do it today, LT. I came to see LT break the record, all kinds of stuff. And it, it was just, a, you could tell there was a lot of excitement. It felt kind of like a playoff game just because at that time, the Broncos and the Chargers hated each other. I mean, they, they've never liked each other, but this was like the Jay Cutler and the Phillip Rivers, like the whole talking, chirping back and forth. And I just remember everybody had disdain for Jay Cutler, disdain for Mike Shanahan. So it was just one of those games where you knew it was it was going to be a, a huge, uh, it was a huge day, especially because the Chargers were having a great season up until that point. And I remember that morning, you know, waking up feeling really, really good, you know, really good about the day. Um, and had my normal, you know, omelet uh, for breakfast and, you know, my normal smoothie that I, I, I would drink uh, in, for breakfast. And then on my way to the stadium, it was really peaceful that day. And um, once I got to the game, though, I was locked in. You know, I, I actually, to be honest, I didn't know if it would happen that day. I, I really didn't know because I knew Denver had a really good defense and they knew what we knew, that we were going to try to get that record. <laughs> you know what I mean? Tomlinson was right. Even the Broncos knew what was on the line. 
Former Denver safety Dominique Foxworth remembered how his team game plan to stop number 21 every game, not just with what loomed large that week. For the Broncos back then, when we played the Chargers, stopping LT was it. Like, that was the point. That was the name of the game. We didn't care much about anything else. The point was stopping LT. And he wasn't new to us. Like, he was a college superstar, and we knew who he was. Obviously, he was in the league before I got there, but everyone knew who LT was. Like, I played with him on the video game. So, of course, when I got to the league, it was like, all right, this is going to be a tall task. And the coaches were certainly not intimidated but they were certainly aware because that was the game plan and even at cornerback we were focused on stopping the run with LT because we thought everything in that offense stemmed from him. The Broncos were going to give LT and the Bolts everything they had. Marcus McNeil knew blocking for number 21 wouldn't be easy that day but the team had another X factor up their sleeve their head coach. Ever the inspiration Marty Schottenheimer always knew how to get the most out of his players. Yeah, that's just who he was. Like, he he was a general's general, you know. Like, he knew how to get his team behind him. He knew how to get his team riled up. He, he knew how to get it out of you every weekend. And and that was the thing that I think was good for us because we were such a young team, you know, where, where we might have lacked a little bit of discipline. We still had that fire and ambition in us. So he, he played more to the fire and ambition side of us and really got us fired up so that we can play fast. Marty's game day motivation must have worked because the Bolts got off to a quick 14-0 lead thanks to a touchdown from Phillip Rivers to Antonio Gates. Second and eight, and Rivers to the end zone, and it's pulled down for the touchdown. It's Antonio Gates boxing out, shielding two defenders, and scoring the touchdown. As well as Lorenzo Neal's only score that year. There's the ball. Hey, it's, going, it's going to Neal. Neal taking around the left side, and Neal is in, the old Bumaruski. But by the end of the first quarter, something was missing. Tomlinson was held scoreless, but that didn't phase the Bolts. As Chargers Director of Football and Medical Services James Collins remembers it, the focus was on everyone playing their best, not just for the team, but for LT. You knew that the guys were not only pulling for the team, obviously, but just doing everything that they could to make sure that LT got all the opportunities that he needed to accomplish the goal that um, I'm sure he had set out for on a personal level, but also that the team wanted everybody to see what a great athlete that we had and great player we had around the league. So you could just feel the intensity on the sideline, knowing that whenever the defense was on the field, hey, we got to get off of here so the offense can get back on. And uh, when the offense went out, it's like, okay, everybody do their assignments because we got to get this done. It wouldn't be until 10 minutes left in the half when Tomlinson would score his 27th total touchdown of the year, tying Priest Holmes for second all-time in touchdowns in a season. Crowd with a little chant anticipating an LT score. Second and goal. And LT is in for number 27 of the season. That's one off matching the record of Alexander. Well, I mean, I think it was just a, uh, I guess you could say a relief, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I think we should have, we could have done this earlier. <laughs> and, um, you know, let's see how much, how many more we can get and how much more, you know, we can help him accomplish on this uh, special day. 
After another touchdown pass from Rivers to Gates, the Bolts went into halftime, up 28-3. The AFC West looked like the Chargers for the taking. And that's going to be it for the Broncos. The end of the first half was San Diego in front, 28-3. Tomlinson walking off after another touchdown today, giving him 27 on the season. Hey Chargers fans, this holiday season we're partnering with Lazy Dog to help build homes in our communities by supporting Habitat for Humanity. Right now, we're auctioning off awesome Chargers merch and experiences, plus a one-of-a-kind autographed playhouse. Start your bid at bit.ly backslash Chargers Playhouse. You can also help by heading over to your local Lazy Dog to purchase a gingerbread house. 100% of the net proceeds go to supporting Habitat for Humanity. As Collins and equipment manager Chris Smith recalled, the team wasn't going to let Denver win in their house. Just because LT was who he was and as a person and as a player, uh, I think guys felt, you know, obligated in some regards, if I'm not speaking for anyone, you know, to play the best game that they could possibly play so that he could have the, the best opportunity. Yeah, I think at halftime we, you know, we were up and games games can get away from me the one thing i know about the nfl is you can have a big lead at halftime and you, you know teams will come back in the second half we've had it happen to us we've done it to other teams so you know i think it was a matter of let's we got to keep the you know hopefully these guys can keep their foot on the gas however the third quarter belonged to denver two tony scheffler touchdown catches and a field goal helped the broncos score 17 unanswered points in the third to bring the chargers lead to eight but as Collins, Sean Merriman, and Smith remember, giving up those scores was not going to affect this Chargers team. No, they weren't going to let that happen. I, I really believe that. And, um, you know, even though they came back, I mean, just like any other game, you know, the other guys on the other side of the ball, they get paid to play too. And um, they, I'm sure they knew what was going on and what was about to happen. I don't think at one point in time during the season, not once, we felt defeated. I don't think one time that, but this this goes with the confidence that we were playing with that entire season. I never felt like we were down and out of it. Not one point in time during that season, not that game or or, or no game really. Um, and we know we've done it before. We've been there before. I think everybody felt like, you know, just keep going and we'll end up winning this game. You know, I think we, we came back in some games that year and won. We had leads in some games, but we, we just found ways to pull them out in the end and, and uh, and so I think team took their best shot, took Denver's best shot in the third quarter and just said, hey, let's let's finish this thing off. And and then, uh, you know, LT took over and it wasn't to be denied getting in the end zone. But Tomlinson needed some help if he wanted to make history that day. And he got it. When the Chargers defense, specifically Luis Castillo and Sean Merriman, forced Jay Cutler to turn the ball over on downs. Castillo in on Cutler, and the sack all the way back at the 20. Merriman in there also, but Castillo just bursting through and running him down. Go back and, and look at that team. You know, guys like Luis Castillo, Jamal Williams, uh, Joxy there, Igor Shansky. You just you look at across the board uh, and some of those big stops and things we were able to provide at that time. Um, 
and Sean Phillips being on the other side. I mean, God, just go down the list of, of guys who, who who stepped up and made big plays at that moment. You, it's it's hard to ever forget about those. The turnover on downs by Castillo set the Chargers up in prime territory on the Broncos' 20-yard line. Save for a QB sneak by Rivers, every single play that drive was a handoff to LT, including this one at the Denver 6. Approaching four minutes, that's all. Four minutes from winning a division. Second and goal, Tomlinson. Tomlinson's in to match the record. LT time indeed. Tying Alexander's efforts of a year ago. That play etched LaDainian Tomlinson into the record books as he was now tied with Sean Alexander for the most single season touchdowns in NFL history. Not to mention, it was his seventh consecutive multi-score game. The atmosphere was electric and whether you were a fan in the stands like Ramirez or a player like center Nick Hardwick, you couldn't help but notice. It was like a concert. Everybody was standing, nobody sitting. I remember everybody's like looking down and they're looking at LT and Antonio goes into, uh, he goes into, into motion and then LT comes straight. I mean, Lorenzo Neal was a, a cannonball, takes two guys out, opens it up, LT scores. Everybody goes wild. They get excited. Everybody's high-fiving. You don't know who the heck is sitting next to you. High-fiving everybody. You're getting excited. And you're like, oh, my God. And now reality set in when the Chargers kicked off. Uh, and, and you're kind of like, is he going to get it today or not? Like, And you're sitting there all antsy. And I remember, like, I remember uh, people were shaking. Their hands were shaking and everything. And you're like, is this going to happen or not? And, and and it just and, and, and it felt like a movie like I don't know it just felt like a movie because everybody was so nervous about what was gonna happen and I just remember everybody's like like one guy turns around and goes have faith he's gonna do it he's gonna do it and you're like dude like bro, Jay Cutler's probably gonna throw down the field they're gonna probably end up um, ending the game here so it, it was just one of those things where you're like hoping for it especially because that's the game that a lot of people paid to. That's a lot of uh, that's a, that was the game that people wanted to see him because people were spending their their money to go watch LT and they wanted to be a part of history. I'm here, here I am. I'm so young and dumb and naive, and I never read the paper and I didn't care what anybody thought about anything. And I, I honestly, Haley, I did not know until we scored the tying touchdown. <laughs> and it, they flashed it up on the Jumbotron at Qualcomm. I had no idea that we were even in the running for setting a single season record with LT. And we scored a touchdown and I'm sitting on the sidelines like, congratulations, LT just tied Sean Alexander with 28 touchdowns on the season. I look up there and I was like, holy, we're about to do something cool. And then you could just feel it. Yeah, right? It's like, what an idiot. But you could just feel this energy take over Qualcomm it was like and obviously everybody had read the paper that week and knew what we were kind of in line for and we were smashing Denver it was I think 41 to 20 at the time and Sean Merriman gets a sack fumble recovers the thing and there we are and I remember it's like we just saw it flash up on the board that we could we tied the record and my eyes started welling up and I thought, holy crap, we're about to break. And it just felt inevitable. It was like part of the, you know, part of that 14 and two year wins felt inevitable. It just felt like when we got the ball back, 
down deep in their in the red zone that we were going to score. There was no doubt about it. And as Hardwick put it, none of this happens without one more big play, courtesy of Sean Merriman. The Broncos had the ball and were determined not to give it back to the Chargers offense and allow Tomlinson to break Alexander's record on their watch. It took two offensive plays for that to change. With this one team, his entire career, and make it work. Oh, the ball is stripped. The ball is stripped, and it's Merriman with the force and the recovery. And you know what? We've got LT with a chance to make the record. He's going back out there. They know it. I, I, I was thinking this has to be it. I mean, this is divine that it, it has to happen now because I was thinking after we came off the field that last drive that the game was over, like we wouldn't get the ball back. Um, I wouldn't have another opportunity. So when Sean had the sack fumble and we got the ball back and uh, somebody, I think it was Lorenzo, ran over to me and looked at me like, it's about to happen, <laughs> you know? And it never clicked on me until um, I, I got that uh, sack forced fumble. I, I didn't even, I thought the game was gonna run out or be over. I, I didn't know if they were gonna take a knee. Like I had no idea what was gonna happen. Um, and I got up and I remember the sack forced fumble and I, I started to celebrate doing the, the whole uh, Hawaii uh, Pro Bowl dance because I knew I was going to the Pro Bowl that year. Um, and I, it, nothing, it, it didn't really click to me. It didn't come in until I got to the sideline and I start hearing LT chants. And at that moment, it, it all registered that it's about to happen. Like this is, this is gonna happen. Uh, I didn't know if it was gonna be that play or this series or whatever, but it was going to happen that he was gonna break that record. The turnover set the Chargers up in the red zone with seven yards standing between them and history. It was a moment Ramirez would never forget. Stadium erupts again and then you just hear it. LT, LT. LT and it gets louder and louder and louder. Qualcomm was rocking and the LT chants were deafening, but the huddle had a quiet focus. Hardwick and McNeil were hell bent on getting their teammate into the end zone. And I just kind of ran on the field and we're kind of all just freaking out a little bit. And I'm tearing up like, oh my God, we're about to do something. And I was like getting emotional about something that like five minutes before I had no idea was, <laughs> was even in the possibilities. You know, every time they chant LT, I was just kind of like visualized in the back of my mind and they, Big Mac, Big Mac, Big Mac. You know what I'm saying? So I'd be like, all right, let's go. We got to get out of here. You know what I'm saying? We got to score right now. So like in the back of my mind, I was scoring. When LT scored, I was scoring. So like you felt the energy in the place and it was no better place to be able to do it. You know, we wanted to break the record at home. We wanted like to do it for our fans and the crowd because you know, we loved our city that much. And, and I think we had the best team that year. I think we had one of the best offenses that will ever be put together. And, and we wanted to go out there and show it. But there, there's no other feeling than the electricity that was, like, just running through the whole team at that point in time, just, like, pumping us up for that moment. So it was pro it probably one of the biggest moments of my career, if not one of the biggest moments of LT's career, you know, besides him going to the Hall of Fame, where it's like us putting our stamp on the NFL as far as like who we were as the Chargers. As much as the record meant to LT, it was also clear how much it mattered to the offensive line. For the guards on either side of Hardwick, Mike Goff and Chris Dielman, 
this was a pretty special moment for them as well. He came in and he didn't say, hey, I want this record. He goes, this record's about all of us. And it was just such a special moment in that huddle with the, with the crowd going crazy behind us. And he said, let's go get this. And it just made it, okay, let's go. And, and that, that's what made it special. And so we get back out there and Chris Dillman, <laughs> Chris Dillman says, let's go get it. Let's do it right now. Let's break this record. Sure, sure, Chris, let's go do it. And that's what, that's what I remember thinking. Like if we would have been pissed if he didn't get the ball. Like this, but in those years, man, it was LT's team. You know, it wasn't, uh, it was Mar it was Marty Ball at its finest, and it was LT's team. He was going to get the ball, and we were going to get him in the end zone. However we got him in there, we were going to get him in. And I'm telling you, as old linemen, we all took a lot of pride in that. <clears throat> and we wanted, to, we wanted to battle. We wanted to, we wanted to get him that title, and we're happy we did. And, um, you know, as the play unfolded, I started behind Chris, and Lorenzo fell down. <laughs> So I saw Lorenzo fall down. And so the linebacker shot inside and I had to book it to the corner. And and really, it, I know it's bad. Lorenzo feels bad that he fell down, but he still made the line the linebacker on the outside pause for a second, which made me able to get around that corner and just deal with the cornerback that was out there, um, the only one out there. And so Lorenzo feels bad about it. But he actually did his job. He made he made that linebacker pause for a second where I can get to the outside and, and score that touchdown. Well, you've got Neil blocking for LT one more time. You've got Rivers under center, left hash from the seven-yard line of the Denver Broncos. And the handoff to Tomlinson. Left side, and he will gallop into the end zone. Charger fans are witnesses to history. The kid from Rosebud, Texas, you done good. You made your mom, your wife, Latorsha, all proud. And more than anything else, LT, on behalf of all the fans here, my partner Josh Lewin, I want to thank you for allowing us to witness your greatness. In classic Marty Ball fashion, the Chargers had their two biggest runs in the fourth quarter as the game was winding down. To make it even sweeter, Tomlinson reached the 100-yard mark on that final rush of the game. Foxworth was the last Bronco to touch Tomlinson as he ran into the end zone. It's a moment that has stuck with him to this day. I remember that. Yes, I remember it. I, of course, I remember that play. I remember uh, sprinting to the sideline. I feel like John Lynch was in on it somewhere along the line. Uh, and I remember it was like to the, the right sideline by from the defensive perspective. And I was trying to get there before the pylon. I think that's the play. I've seen it plenty of times, plenty of highlight packages. Fortunately, people don't recognize me, so. No one makes fun of me, but now you're going to remind so many people that I am the number 22 that doesn't get there in time. Foxworth not getting to LT helped create one of the greatest touchdown celebrations in NFL history. So here's the inside story on the iconic moment from Hardwick and former San Diego Union Tribune writer Jim Trotter. So we're in the huddle and we call 50 power. And I remember LT being like, all right, when I score, like when I score, everybody come over to me and lift me up because this is as much you as it is me. That's in my head. I don't know if that's true or not. Lowe, I think, has a different account. I'm sure LT has a different account. But I remember, like, I'm in the huddle and, and I'm not just tearing up at this point. I'm like, 
I'm flowing tears down my cheeks. And my sole thought on this play, because I had a pretty easy block, I had a back block, and I think the, the nose guard had basically quit in the game by that point because it was so deep in the, in the game and we we're smashing them by 21 points. So I knew I had an easy block. And my whole goal was, don't mess this snap up, dude. When he broke the record, he made a point of going back and getting everyone because he knew in his mind, and I think he's expressed this, that people were going to take pictures of that. And when those pictures were taken, decades later, he wanted everyone who was responsible for it to be in those pictures. And that's what LT was about, man. That's what, what made him so special to those guys around him. He took care of them, he looked out for them, and he understood the importance of he could not do what he did without those guys. So for him to have the presence of mind to say in that moment, it's not about me, it's about us, it speaks to who he is. The Chargers offensive line gave their running back everything they had that season. To them, LT scoring was an extension of them scoring. So when Tomlinson included them in the celebration, it meant the world to Dealman, McNeil, and Goff. As a line, as a group, we took a lot of pride in that because we worked together, five minds all came together and we battled, we beat some, sh we beat the hell out of some people. And it was just good to see him get the record. And, and now, you know, that's something I get to show my kids and it's really cool. Just holding LT up, you know, and like just, like just being that foundation for him and like just helping him celebrate that moment. You know, we couldn't have lifted them high enough. You know, we we almost probably need to put a zip tie on them or something and lift them up into the Raptors, like, you know, like Sting or something off of WWE or anything, like, because it was that big of a moment, man. You know, he could have just flew out the stadium after that because at that point in time, I don't think there was nothing bigger in the city that has ever happened. Hey, you, you almost blacked out because you were just, you are trying to scream, you're trying to run, you're trying to lift, you're trying to, you're trying to do all these things, you're trying not to pass out at the same time. It was, it was awesome. And it was an awesome thing because everyone was there. Not one person didn't run over. And just like, just like the, the, the team mentality that I talked about, the team lifted him up. And I think the chance that he got to be elevated by the whole team, because it was, it was a team effort. And that's how he took the approach. That's how we took the approach. I think that that was, uh, euphoric would be probably the word I would use and it's something that I will never forget and you know, every now and again I can see the picture in the background behind you that's that's just such a special special memory in, in your in your head and just the fans going crazy and just having that time to when you know when you, again when you take a step back and you reflect and I remember when he got inducted into the Hall of Fame and they showed all all 30 plus touchdowns that he scored and you just take a step back go wow what an amazing thing that that he was able to do because he did it all right I didn't score I didn't score one of those touchdowns but I can proudly say that I was proud to help him along the way just like everyone else was and I think it just was such a special moment Hey, Chargers fans, this holiday season, we're partnering with Lazy Dog to help build homes in our communities by supporting Habitat for Humanity. Right now, we're auctioning off awesome Chargers merch and experiences, plus a one-of-a-kind autographed playhouse. Start your bid at bit.ly backslash Chargers Playhouse. You can also help by heading over to your local Lazy Dog to purchase a gingerbread house. 100% of the net proceeds go to supporting Habitat for Humanity.
It was a picture perfect moment for 10 of the 11 Chargers on the field for that play. But one specific player would love to have that moment back. Just ask the guys who were there with him. And I think the funniest part, I think the funniest part of him breaking the record might be Low Neal slip and fall on the way in. You know what I'm saying? Because he's such a great blocker. But he falls, you know, face first in the hole, you know what I'm saying? Right as LT's like scoring. So now, like, before you see the picture of us all ho hoisting them up, if you go back and watch Low Dead, it's probably like one of, one of the blocks that he's trying to get back for his whole career, you know? Oh, man. Like, he hates it. Like, we won't never let him live it down because every time we talk about that, we look at, you know, we look at him and say, you know, somebody fell down on that play. And he just, he can't stand it. So the jokes are always fun, um, you know, but he's a good sport about it. Well, he may not have been his best on the play that counted most. Lorenzo Neal was an essential part of Tomlinson's success in 2006 and his Chargers career, spending five seasons helping create lanes for the running back. He introduced LT at his Hall of Fame ceremony for a reason. Neal was respected by his fellow offensive linemen, and most of all, by his running back. Of all the amazing accolades in that guy's career and all the thousand yard rushers that he's blocked for, and I don't know how he played as long as he did at that position. He's just, he's, he's such, such a great football player. And then that one block was, is like, low, <laughs> low. That was the one, but hey, when you've got LT behind you, it's all good. He'll make that guy miss, and then he'll make the next guy miss, and we'll be dancing to the pylon. Yeah, I mean, Low Neal was like a hammer coming through there. We we love running the power hole play, you know, having guys pull around there, you know, Dillman pulling around there, or Low Neal on the ISO plays coming in and, and really blocking for LT. Low Neal was almost like having an extra lineman in the backfield the way he blocked so well and he loved his job like Lonil, he wasn't that guy who was looking for to touch the ball a lot you know like he knew his job was to bust one open for lt stick his nose in there and on the linebacker get a hat on the hat so that he can get to the second level and, and by the time that happened we usually looking at him from behind running down the field hey it's not always perfect but uh Lorenzo was a reason for a lot of those touchdowns. So I, I'll let him fall on the biggest one, I guess. But he was definitely part of all the other ones. Lolo was, uh, I forgot to talk about Lolo. Lolo, boy, was he a gem. He uh, he was another one, like kind of like a golf, you know, because he's kind of an old lineman. You know, back in those days, fullbacks were like your sixth, seventh old lineman. Like most fullbacks, you know, they're the jokesters. You know, they're the crazy guys. Maybe because they're ramming, you know, they're hitting hitting linebackers all day. Maybe that's why they're they're a little bit crazy. Um, you know, but he was he was just the life of the party. But I remember when we first uh, the news came down that we were gonna sign him. And I got the phone call from Lorenzo and he was just like, man, I'm so excited to be coming to San Diego to be, you know, to be your fullback. And I remember thinking, man, this is for to change my career. Everything that this man has done for all the other running backs that I've seen the last few years, I said, this is gonna change my career. And I remember coming down to the press conference when Lorenzo Neal was introduced. And that's when our relationship really first started. Is I, you know, I was there at the press conference, gave him a big hug. We had a great talk about, you know, what, what our expectations were. 
And it was like from, from that moment, we was best of friends. Tomlinson was right. Lorenzo Neal did change his career. He became LT's bodyguard, and the 2006 season wouldn't be possible without him. But while that 06 season put LT in the record books and eventually catapulted him to football immortality, it gave a national audience a chance to witness what those in San Diego had seen for years, just how special number 21 was. Here's Kading, Hardwick, and linebacker Donnie Edwards discussing the indelible mark LT left on them and the Chargers organization. You know, it wasn't this, you know, cocky, boisterous guy that was doing it. He was an easy guy to root for, right? And you think of how he, you know, the Emmett Smiths and the Walter Paytons and, and Barry Sanders and all these great running backs and offenses in the history. And just to, to be able to know and say that you're a part of that is, is certainly a, a special memory that, that, you know, I've carried with me going forward. And, and it's been fun to watch LT kind of transition into, you know, his role as, uh, you know, in broadcasting and those sort of things. And certainly happy for him and, and everything that he's been been able to accomplish not only in that season and that record-breaking season, but, you know, beyond that as well. All-timer. He's, he's Jim Brown of the Chargers. He's with every great running back or great player who's ever come across in the National Football League. He's right there with all of them. His name in a Chargers jersey is, it's everything. I mean, he is a Charger. He is right there with, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to separate 21 from the Chargers uniform. I, in my opinion, he's, he is Mr. Charger. I mean, think about it. 21 is synonymous with like, I mean, with Dan Fouts and, uh, and Bambi, I mean, Junior Seau. I mean, think about these names, Kelly Winslow. Like think about these names. These are the foundation of the organization. And, uh, you know, and LT certainly has his spot there. I mean, tremendous career, Hall of Fame, just a great charger. But along with the players, members of the media, like Farmer and Trotter, witnessed firsthand the impact that Tomlinson had on his franchise and the NFL as a whole. Somebody who transcends the game, somebody who is a pop culture figure, somebody that my mom would know, even if my mom weren't a football fan. Uh, you didn't have to be a football fan to know who LaDainian Tomlinson was. Um, he was a true superstar. He was everything that was right about the game, not only on the field, but off. And to me, those are the people, if I were to own a franchise, that I want to be associated with and that I want my franchise associated with. So I think it, I think it was very important that um, he is a part of this organization and, and will be for the foreseeable future. Although Tomlinson's playing days ended after the 2011 season, he's been back in the fold with the Bulls something Chargers owner Dean Spanos is grateful for. He's a Charger through and through, and he's as true as any Charger's ever been, obviously. He's proud to have been a Charger. Um, I think that, um, you know, his, his being with us now, this is his fifth year, is really incredible. It's like you said, he's, it feels like he's never left. He's out there representing the team on many different levels, from the business level, even on the football side, he's come in. I know Tom Telesco and John Spanos have spent time with him. They ask his opinion on some players and different things, so to speak. But, uh, and I, I, I think he just loves being part of the organization himself. Uh, we never want him to leave. Uh, as long as he wants to be here, we want him here. And uh, it just feels great to see him on game day. He does a lot of things behind the scenes during the week. 
with uh, sponsorship groups and all that sort of thing. And uh, it's greatly appreciated. And as you said earlier, I think people, uh, even though he's been gone a few years, I just say a few years, but people will never forget him. And they get excited just to see him walk into the room and listen to him speak. I even do when I go to these dinners and we have these small meetings and stuff. It's just amazing that people just are in awe of him still after all these years. When you think of the Mount Rushmore of Chargers, LT is certainly etched into that mountain, but his impact on the National Football League is cemented just as strong. Seventh all-time in rush yards, third all-time in scores, and for the last 15 years, the owner of the most touchdowns in a single season in NFL history. LaDainian Tomlinson has a career filled with amazing moments that any Texas kid would grow up dreaming to have, but it was that record-breaking play on December 10, 2006 that would truly live forever in history. I remember Marty Schottenheimer always saying, there are championship moments throughout your career that you're going to enjoy. You know, because Marty used to say, no, you know, I didn't win the Super Bowl, but I had championship moments. So that, that day, no question about it, Chris, that was a championship moment. Like if I envisioned the atmosphere of winning the AFC championship game at at home, going to the Super Bowl, that's what that that's what that atmosphere will be about. That's what it would be like. And that day, with the crowd chanting and everybody happy, jumping up and down, without question, that was that was a championship moment.